go to the Lord in prayer together. Well, Father God, we just thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness, Lord. And we thank you for your word, Lord. Your word, Lord, that we can cling to in times of trouble, Lord. And we thank you this morning, Lord, for who you are, Lord. That you're our Savior and you're our Redeemer and you're our Provider and you're our Healer, Lord. And we cling to you this morning, Lord. And we thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Lord, that you show yourself strong, Lord. Come and have your way in our lives, Lord. We love you and we desire you and we need you, Lord. Come and have your way, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Speak through Pastor Paul this morning, Lord. Give us ears to hear and hearts to receive it, Lord. Oh, we love you, Lord, and we desire you, Lord. And we open ourselves up this morning, Lord, and say, have your way, Lord. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Y'all know that scripture that we just sang? We'll say to the mountain that stands in my way, Mark eleven twenty three, Mark eleven twenty two. it says just before it, it says, have faith in God. Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes in those things he says, uh, believes in those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. There's a key. Having faith and speaking to it. You got to talk. You need to open up your mouth and say, Mountain, it's time for you to move. Do you hear me? It doesn't just happen. You've got to speak. You got to speak. Lord God, help us. Goodness gracious. It is burning up. We'll tell you, we have, uh, we've been battling this air conditioner all week with VBS, and praise God it worked each night. But it, uh, God's got a plan. God's got a plan. He wanted us uncomfortable for some reason. He wanted second service uncomfortable. We were pretty comfortable in first service. Amen. Maybe you can come earlier. Come first service. <laughs> Robert's over there like, no, I'm not hearing that, that, that voice. Bless you. So glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. God is good, and he is ready to move in your life. Are you ready for him to move in your life? Amen. All right, put my, put my uh, uh, presentation up on the screen if you don't mind. Peace. Do you have peace? Do you have peace? We are... We claim to be Christians. We claim to have Jesus in our hearts. We even claim here at Church on the Hill to be a spirit-filled church. But we don't have peace. Where is our peace? We've been learning the last few weeks about peace. You know, sometimes, would you say, maybe you have a little peace when you're in the bed, you're asleep. Maybe not in the bed. My wife thinks of the, some of the, the deepest thoughts laying in the bed. Drives me crazy. How could you be laying there thinking those serious things? Don't tell me anything serious. I'm trying to go to sleep. A woman's mind, I don't, I don't get it sometimes, man. She, she thinks a lot deeper than I think. Amen, men? <laughs> but I can, I can usually have peace in my sleep. Sometimes, you know, you'll have, you'll have bad dreams or that sort of thing, but usually I've got peace. Unless I got one of my children in the bed with me. I will tell you, if you regularly sleep with your kids in the bed, get them out. It'll benefit you and it'll benefit your child. 
get them out of the bed. But every now and then, kids get in the bed with us. One came two nights ago and said, Daddy, I had a bad dream, or said to Mama, Mama, and the power was out. I don't know if the power went out on you all this week, but the power was out, and it was pitch black. Couldn't see anything. And all of a sudden, there's one of my kids, and I don't know if you ever have those moments, but, and sure enough, Elizabeth said, get in the bed with us. Well, this is the one child that is our most cuddly child. And she doesn't cuddle up against her. She cuddles up against me. So I knew the moment she got in the bed, my night of sleep is over. It's over. And she would be rooting on me and pushing on me, and I'd shove her back. And I wasn't being ugly, but get off of me. And, you know, next, I I shoved her one last time, and she got her whole body on top of me. And I finally said, that's it. My peace is officially gone. And I woke her up, and she looked at me, and she's like, sorry, Daddy. You know, and you're just like, oh, what can I do? And I pushed her back over. But I didn't hear that. I heard something. But have you ever noticed, you go to bed with problems, you wake up sometimes, and they're not there. You just wake up, and you just you just have a moment. Man, I feel good. It's just a great day. And then all of a sudden, there it is. Oh, I forgot it. I forgot that problem was there. And kind of like Job, I don't want to relate myself to Job because I've never had it that bad. But you know how Job, he came and got one report. And then about the time that person started speaking, the next guy came in. Then after he started speaking, the next guy came in. But have you ever noticed, you wake up in the morning and that one problem hits you. Then you remember the next one. Then you remember the next one. And it doesn't take long. Your peace is gone. Gone for the day. You can't even get, get back on track because you've just lost all your peace. Where is your peace? The truth is we all are struggling with peace. Do you remember the name of God that we've been talking about all week, all the last few weeks? Jehovah Shalom. Thank you. I am the Lord, your peace. And church, I don't say this every week. I don't go over these same little topics every week just to fill my sermon time. I want you to remember that when your peace is robbed, to call on the name of the Lord and to call on His name and to call on the appropriate name. God loves to be reminded. He tells us it so we will remind Him of who He is. Have you ever seen Moses reminded, wait a minute, God, you can't wipe them off the face of the earth. You said this. And what does God do? He responds. So when you lose your peace, I hope this gets into you. Let me ask you this. I say it every week. Who is the Lord your healer? Jehovah? Not, not, that's the provider. Rofi. I don't say that every week so that when you get a bad report from your doctor, you forget that God, it doesn't just say he's the Lord your healer, it says he's the Lord your doctor. We're not, I don't want to go through the motions. I want you to know these names of God and know how to call on him. Jehovah Shalom. I am the God of peace. It even says in John 14, we've looked at this every week, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't fragile like the peace that the world gives, so don't be troubled or afraid. God has given us this peace. The problem is we do not access it. We don't go and get it. It is sitting there. We have got to go get it. And the good thing about this peace is it's not fragile. It's not going to break. When he gives you this peace, it's not going to... If you accidentally have a mistake, 
it doesn't float away and you lose it forever. It's not fragile like the world's peace when you go sit down and you light a candle and all of a sudden the wind blows and blows your candle out and your peace is gone and you just want to go cry again because your candle blew out. His candle doesn't blow out. It's not fragile. It's not going to break. It's not afraid. This peace that he gives is not going to run off. Do you hear me? You can't break it, but you have to go get it. And we've been looking at three decisions that you've got to make to have peace in your life. And I've told you all three of them as I've been going through. Acceptance, surrender. I'm sorry, acceptance, trust, and surrender. Today we're going to be looking at trust. But back to acceptance. We have to accept what can't be changed. Remember, your doctor's report can't be changed. That report's not changing. We've had these air conditioning problems all week. And I could ignore it. I could go back there and anoint it with oil and lay my hands on it and just believe it's just going to work. I'm just, the air conditioner's not broke. It's just hot in here. It's going to work. I'm going to go lay my hands on it. No, it's not what I do. I do pray over it regularly. It's our big unit. It's going to cost a pretty penny to replace. So I pray for it a lot. But when it breaks, I call the air conditioning guy and I go lay my hands on him and anoint him with oil. Your problems are real. But we need to accept the fact that we've got a giant sitting in our land. You remember Pastor Matt said, you know, you can sit here and kumbaya all day long and act like it's not there, but then when you get up next to it, you realize that giant really is there. These problems that you have are real. We don't need to be so woo-woo that we ignore that we've got battles that we've got to fight. I'm all about the woo-woo. I'm all about being spiritual and you know, seeing dramatic miracles, I want to see it. But I'm not so far out that, I, that we don't have to go do a little battle every now and then. Because they beat up on us. They beat up on us. The giant is really there. You have to go get the stones out of the river. You have to take your sling and you have to go stand in front of that giant and say, you uncircumcised Philistine. You can't talk about my God that way. When I'm getting these reports against me, you know what? I'm accepting the report. I'm not saying that it's my life. I'm not saying that it defines me. But now I know i got something i got to fight. David accepted the fact that there was a giant in the land. Calling is God names. He accepted that. But then he went and took care of it. Are you with me? We accept what can't be changed. We accept what can't be changed. All right. Number two. Let's see. Let me catch up. If you notice, I've changed my little picture. I had a picture of three doors. Elizabeth said, what does that mean? Does that mean we get to choose which one we want? No, it was just three choices. And so we change it from three choices to three steps. So I'm glad it's, it's affected quite a few people. Three steps. Praise God. It's just three steps. Elizabeth, every week, have you changed that? No, I haven't changed it. I've worked so hard on it, and I like it. Well, it doesn't make any sense. Okay, we'll change it. Three steps. Number one, you accept what can't be changed. You don't have control over everything, right? Amen. We accept it. Number two, we trust in God's loving care. Would you say trust? Trust is so big. You know, we, we Elizabeth and I... Um, counsel with a lot of people and one of the key issues is trust 
people have been hurt, whether it's in the family, whether it's by your, your parents, whether it's uh, by your peers, whether it's at work, and you lose trust. And when that happens, a lot of times you apply that to your relationship with God. And you don't trust God. Trust is key. It says in Isaiah, chapter 26, verse 3, it says, You, Lord, give true peace to those who depend on you because they trust in you. True peace. True peace. Not the false stuff. True peace to those that trust him. And I believe that we can compute a loss of peace to a loss of trust. Because it says if I trust, I'll have peace. So if I don't have peace, does that mean I'm not trusting? I think you can go, I think you can take that tangent. God gives peace to those who trust him. And I want you to know God's word is true. And it's important that you learn to speak it. It's important that you learn to speak over yourself. I don't want to go into this, but there's something called the self-fulfilling prophecy. And how important it is what you speak over yourself. Have you ever seen the self-help CDs and tapes that people go to bed with, you know, and it just you're just listening to it all night? I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. <laughs> you know what? You hear that enough and you'll start to believe it. And I would encourage you, if you're having a hard time trusting, if you're having a hard time walking this out with God, I truly believe that if you will speak God's word even before you believe it, you start speaking it and you speak it and you speak it and you speak it. What happens? You're speaking God's word and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I think you can't help but start to believe it. So even if you don't believe it, even if you haven't grabbed hold of it, you speak it. Do you hear kind of the theme today is that you got to speak? David spoke. David spoke to that giant. That giant was already dead. He just didn't know it. My, my son, when he would go into to bat, you know, he, if anybody's ever played uh, baseball or any sport, you know, you can have something to set you back and it can get in your head. You can have no problem technically. You've got the perfect swing. You've got the perfect pitch. Everything's right. But when you start to miss it up here, it affects the whole game. I don't care how great a hitter you are, you get in a slump and it starts to get in your head. It just works worse on you. But he has this thing in his hat and he had started struggling. He had gotten sick last year and really has kind of had a little bit of a self-confidence problem. And he pulled his hat off and he wrote in it, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So that every time he went up to bat, there's no fear allowed. You need to not just apply this to sports. You need to apply it to your life. When you're walking through something, you need to take off your hat and look and look at Scripture and say it. I can do all things. I'm about to step into this batter's box that can throw 90 miles an hour. If he hits me, I'm dead. I'm dead. It's in your hands, God. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know what? All he's done is just positioned himself for success. He may not even believe it yet, but it's out of his hands. He's speaking it. He's speaking it. But the, the Elizabeth said, but the Lord was faithful. He has over his bed. Um, never let the fear of striking out get in your way. 
even with my children, we, we put things up to tell them they can succeed because the world's going to tell them they can't. Their flesh is going to tell them they can't. I had one child yesterday spend all day trying to do a back dive, could do it off the top step, off the top of the ladder all day long, but wouldn't take that one little step to the side of the pool. I'm like, honey, it's going to make things easier. The physics of it is going to line you up better. You know, you can't see it. You're just scared to death. It's another two inches. I can't do it. I can't do it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can do it. You don't believe it yet, but you can do it. And I'm going to keep speaking it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You know what God's saying to you? You can do it. This stupid thing that's standing in your face that's keeping you from me, you can do it. You can do it. What does it take to get you to, you know, you, you feel like you're this little person. David was a little person. Wasn't in the mix. Daddy said, go take him some cheese and some crackers. I think daddy was just saying, go do something. Jesse didn't know what he was doing, but he positioned him right to go take, to go deliver the entire nation by delivering those crackers. You know, all it took was David to hear, what did he just say? What are you doing? Do you not hear what the guy's saying? What are you doing? The brothers are saying, you're just here to see the fight. And he's thinking, no, I'm not. I'm here to, to finish it. I'm not going to stand here and take that. That's what God's saying. How can you stand here and take getting beat up every time you turn around? Forget the world's protection. Forget Saul trying to give you all the strength, all the stuff to put on and clothe yourself on. Get the world off of you and let's go fight him, just you and me. I don't know if it's hot or if I've got rabies. I'm getting slobbery up here. God's tired of you getting beat up. I don't think he likes it. Do you like it when your children go through things that there's no, you've already provided them everything that they have so that they don't have to go through it, yet they go through it anyway? You tell them 50 times to do it this way and that this tool over here will work better, they don't care, they're going to do it their way. And they take all day doing it and fuss the whole time. And it's like, honey, here it is. Try this. No, nah, that's not going to work. Okay. You keep doing it your way and see how that works out. God says the same thing. Keep doing it your way. See how that works out. I'm not going to make you do it. But I've given you the tools to level that guy. Not just knock him on the ground. Go chop his head off with his own sword. Have that trophy to walk around with. Look at that. Amen. Proverbs 3, verse, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. I'm going to try to get us out of here. I know we're burning up. This means quit trying to figure it out on your own. Quit trying to figure it out. Do you remember as we've taught them for the last few weeks, if God told you everything, number one, you wouldn't understand it. Number two, you wouldn't agree with it. It would just make you in worse shape than you already are. God is a perfect God, knows just what you need to know, when you need to know it. So quit trying to do it on your own. Trust in the Lord. And in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. In all your ways. Everything that you do, you acknowledge Him. I think it's so significant, this uh, little trendy thing that they had, that what would Jesus do? 
you know, it, it's kind of been a fad that's passed, but why? It's really a good reminder. It's not to stick in somebody's face, hey, I'm a Christian, and, you know, no, it's for me. I need that to remind me. The things I'm about to say about you could go without saying. What would Jesus do? In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Do you know life is not guaranteed to be problem-free? In fact, I can guarantee you it will not be problem-free. There's no such thing as problem-free because there's always something. If it's not one thing, it's something else. You have a list of problems in your life. You got problem number one, problem number two, problem number three. And the thing is, once you go and attack problem number one and you defeat it, problem number two gets promoted and takes its place. Then you take care of it. Well, what's happened? Problem number three became problem number two. Now it's problem number one. And you got a whole other list of them. It never stops. It never stops. The rest of your life, you're going to go through problem after problem. You know what the word for that is? Life. It's life. My kids sit here and wonder, why am I having to go through this? Honey, get used to it. This is life. The question is, how are you going to get through it? Can you get through it? The question is, can you get through it? But why do these things happen? Why do we live with problem after problem after problem? I want to give you three, three reasons. Number one, Adam blew it. I said this this morning. I don't want to be too hard on Adam because I believe if I were in Adam's place, I probably would have messed it up a whole lot worse, probably a whole lot sooner. But Adam blew it. He and Eve gave in to temptation and allowed sin to come into the world, and we are all paying the result. We live in a fallen world. Church, this is not a perfect world. There are problems in our world. There are things that cause problems. Number two, we have an enemy and his name is Satan. And he is real. Satan is real. He is not something made up that your parents use just to make you scared to do what they're asking you to do. Satan is real. And he is a real enemy. The Bible talks about him. And all you got to do is open up the newspaper. My son has got taken a real interest in reading the newspaper, and we have to kind of watch what he's reading because it's awful. He's interested. He wants to learn. I think he likes the attention he gets when he reads the newspaper because we dote all over him. Oh, you're, you're such a smart boy, and you're reading the newspaper. You want to know what's going on. And then we read, this is happening, this is happening. He's like, what, is, what does this mean? Let's move on to the next article. Let's go to the sports section. I haven't done that. But he is. He's interested. But there is an enemy. Open up the newspaper, you'll see it. Satan wants to mess you up. He wants to mess up your life. He wants to mess up your family. He wants to mess up your mind. He wants to mess up your marriage. He wants to mess up your finances. He wants to get you. Especially if you're a follower of Christ and you're trying to do the right thing. You are an enemy of Satan. And he's going to try to get you any way that he can. So we got the world competing against us, a fallen world, and we've got a personal enemy who's competing against us. And then finally, the third thing is we mess up. We just flat make mistakes sometimes. 
Don't raise your hand. Anybody here ever messed up? We mess up. We blow it. Most of the problems and pain that I have in my life are due to my own mistakes, my own poor decisions, lousy choices. And when I make a bad decision, I pay the penalty. When I sin, there is always results. Are you with me? Most of the time, the devil doesn't even have to worry about me. I kind of take care of that myself. You ever thought that? I don't need Satan. I, I handle my, I make enough mistakes on my own. But sometimes the pain in my life is nobody's fault. Sometimes the problems in my life, I can't blame anybody for it. One day Jesus was walking down the road and there was a blind man there, blind from birth. You know the story? The disciples looked at the man and said to Jesus, Okay, Lord, who sinned? This man or his parents? Implying that he had this problem because of sin. Let me tell you, as a pastor, that's something I hate. Is when Christians judge other Christians because they are judge other people because they've come up to be prayed for to be healed, and we want to tie it to whatever they're what, wherever they're living their life. And I want to warn you: Scripture says, "Don't judge, or you will be judged." Don't put yourself in that position. You know, there's going to be a time that you need healing, and do you think you're walking up here without sin? Have you done nothing wrong? You want people to look at you that way? Let me tell you, when I, when I walk this altar, I have people that still come in from my past. I mean, I'm about to have my 20-year reunion, and I'm getting all these pretty weird emails saying, you're a pastor? And it wasn't a joke. And it's like, you know, it, it, it's been a little rough. to, to I'm, I'm contemplating, to be honest with you, even going. Because... Uh, some, most of the, I mean, it's going to be a drunk fest and I'm not interested in that. What's the point? That I can be light in a dark place? Maybe. But, you know, I, you know, the, the world is rough. The world's a rough place. But we make mistakes. And we pay the penalty for our mistakes. But no one, this man was born blind. No one's at fault. But if I come up here for, to be prayed for, let me tell you, you could find a huge laundry list of my sins. But I want you to catch what it says here. You know, it's not an old thing to blame parents or yourself. We want to blame our parents for everything that's ever gone wrong in our life. That's not a new thing. That's an old thing. But Jesus says... It was neither's fault. It was neither of these parents' fault. John 9, verse 3. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus said. But this happened so that the work of God may be displayed in his life. Now, don't miss this. This could go right over your head. This happened so the work of God may be displayed in his life. Sometimes the things you're going through are so that the work of God can be done. Some of the worst things that you may be going through, whether it's even a bad report, maybe it's a report of cancer, maybe something's happening with your children. Regardless of the problem, God may be trying to do something here. There may not be a fault, except that God's trying to move in your life. This man was born blind so that God could do a work in his life. Regardless of the problem, 
regardless of the source of where it came from, whether it's yourself or the devil or from the world, we must have the same response, and that is trust. God could be doing it not just for his work, but to benefit you. It says in Scripture that all things work together for good to to those that love him and are called to his holy purpose. That's easy to say. We say the right thing, but we don't walk it out. We've got to learn to trust. And you know what? Some of the things I'm going through is so that God's plan can be done. And let me tell you something. God's plan will be done. God is God and his plan will be done. And I hope that he does it through me. And I hope that he does it through you. Does that mean some of the things that we go through, we've got to go through to further his plan? Yes. God has a, God benefits. He has a plan. And he's walking you through something to benefit his plan and to benefit you. All things work together for good. All things work together for good. The problem is our pride keeps us from letting him have it. We want to hang on to it. We don't want to trust. Philippians 4, 6 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell, tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. If you do this, you will experience God's wonderful peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. That's the path to peace, learning to trust God's loving care. The hard part is when you're in the middle of the test and you don't have the answer. Will you trust? It is easy to trust somebody when you already know the result. It's when you don't know. Remember last week I talked about how God won't speak to you during the test? God won't give you the answer. He will speak to you. But he won't give you the answer. It's a whole reason for the test. You ever taken a test and the teacher walks around and tells you every answer? But no, the teacher's quiet. Because she wants to know or he wants to know, do you know your stuff? And God's saying, is it really in you? Will you really trust me? Like with Job, takes everything away, yet Job won't curse him. Even if he slays me, I'm not going to do it. That's what God's saying to you. You're in the middle of the test. Will you trust me right here? If you will trust me, I got it. I got it. Most people respond in the middle of these tests, these uncontrollable, unexplainable, unchangeable situations with one or two responses. And I'm going to close here. Somebody say, praise God. Amen. (laughs) We respond with two responses. Number one, sometimes we just try harder. We just try to do it on our own. Have you ever seen a duck in the middle of a storm out in the middle of the, out in the, middle of the lake and trying to get back? Have you, ever, have you ever heard that expression? They look calm on the top, but they're working like crazy underneath the water, paddling like crazy. That's us. We look like we got it together. But under the water, we're kicking and screaming and trying to do everything we can in our own power. And it doesn't work. We keep trying and keep trying and keep saying, I'm going to make this thing work if it kills me. And you know what? When you do that, everybody around you is miserable. The more controlling, what happens is you become more controlling and more compulsive. And the more controlling you become and the more compulsive you become, the more unhappy you become. But then the other response is you quit. 
you just walk away from it and say, the heck with it. I'm just going to give up. You basically say, I'm a victim, and I'm going to be a victim the rest of my life. You know, my dad once, one of the, one of the hardest things he, was ever, he ever ingrained in me was not feeling sorry for yourself. It does not benefit you at all. In fact, it will drive you to failure. Feeling sorry for yourself feels good to you for a minute. People will listen to you. You can just sit there and moan and groan, but you're still, at the end of the day, still where you started. Feeling sorry for yourself. We live in a victimized world. Everybody thinks it's somebody else's fault. And it's time we stand up and we take an authority. It's time we take authority. You know, I'm not a victim. I've had things happen in my life. If things happened in your life, I'm not a victim. I am victorious. You're going to say, that sounds all well and good, but you're not going through what I'm going through. You don't know what I've been through. But what I want you to know, no matter what comes at you, God has given you the victory in that that you're going through. Every time. No matter what gets thrown at you, you have the answer. You have the answer. And it is to better you. It is to take you to the next level if you will access it. Everything that you're facing, you have the answer. And not only are you going to get through the problem, but it is going to benefit you. There is a benefit. Have you ever been, you know about a beneficiary? You have benefits coming. You work at a place where you get benefits. When you line up with God, not only does He get you through your problem, but He works it to your good. He makes it work for good. That means there is benefit to receive. No matter what comes at me, I have got the answer. But my problem is, I have to, number one, I have to give it to God. I have to hear God, and I've got to go to the river and pull out you live in a van down by the river. I don't. Uh, You get up and you go and you get your five stones out of the river. And you go and you get your sling and you go and you speak and you say, you uncircumcised Philistine, you are not going to talk about my God like that. My God, my word says this over my problem. If it's cancer, if it's addiction, if it's uh, whatever you're going through, whether it's a, a child issue or what, a marriage. Satan, you can't have my marriage. God is the creator of marriage, and he loves marriage, and he hates divorce. Now, I may be right at the very end of my marriage, but it's time I go slay this thing. You know what? Dads, fathers, husbands need to fight for their wives. If not, Satan's going to tear you apart. Parents need to fight for their children. You need to fight for your church. You need to fight for your family. If you don't, they're going down. God says, I have given you the answer to everything. Now somebody, please go and take a stone and kill that thing. I'm not going to kill it. you got to kill it. You're called to kill it. I have to lose my voice. I'm really sounding Baptist today. If I can just preach on hellfire and brimstone, we'll be there. 
somebody throw a rock. Somebody go get some stones and kill something. And you know what? David could have never in his a million tries imprinted that stone in his head. It got out of David's hands and it got into God's hands. God just says, I need you to move. You throw it, I'll take care of it. But it's like speaking to the mountain. If you will speak it, let me tell you, you, Pastor Paul, you have no control on flattening the mountain. But when you speak according to my authority, that mountain's coming down. So pick up your stone, speak to that thing. You know what, cancer? My word says that if I honor my father and mother, that my days shall be long upon this land that the Lord thy God has given me. And I have, I have a promise that says I'm going to live long. We've had a, we've had somebody come this week saying, my, you know, it, it, I, I, my, my children feel like that. We've had our children, our little five-year-old, ask us if we're going to die. No, we're not going to die. I don't know when my last day is, but I do know what the promises of God is. And if He takes me now, so be it. There must be a reason. But my word says, if I honor my mom and dad, this is just one, that I'm going to live long and I'm going to see my children and my children's children and I'm going to be blessed. And I want when I'm on my deathbed, I want to have 36 grandchildren and great-grandchildren and and just have a party. So when cancer comes at you, no cancer, you uncircumcised Philistine. My God says this, and you speak to that cancer in the name of Jesus, you got to go. And I'm going to start busting you with Scripture over and over and over and over until you dry up and die. And if you don't, so be it. I'm still not going to stop. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, my God can save me, but if they don't, I'm not going to serve the other God. I'm going to serve my God. Now, it's easy to get excited. It's hard to apply it. It's really not. It's really not. You just got to change the way you think and start speaking it. You may not be at the point that you believe you can. doesn't matter. Speak it. God's Word will not return void. It will accomplish everything it was set forth to do. It doesn't say whether you believe it or not. You just got to speak it. The problem is when you speak it, you'll hear it, and your faith will start to grow, and you'll start to believe it. Do you hear me? We don't need to keep getting beat up. I don't want to be a pastor of a church that gets beat up. I want to be a pastor of a church that sees victory. doesn't mean we're, we're problem-free. We're going to have problems. But we've been given the gift to get through the problems. And we're going to get through it. What you've walked in here with and what you're battling, you have the answer to it. You just need to start trusting. You need to start trusting. And you need to start speaking. If you need help with Scripture, come and call us. Get with us. We've got all kinds of tools to help put them right into your hands. You need your quiver full of arrows ready to shoot them. But then you've got to shoot them. Hallelujah. Get after it. Don't let that, don't let those, don't let that, uh, don't let that giant stay on your land another day. Women, fight for your husbands. Husbands, fight for your wives. Somebody take an initiative and let's have a successful marriage. Let's have us a godly marriage. Let's have us a godly workplace. A place that we speak honor, honorfully, that's a word, over our bosses, over those under us. There's a blessing if you will honor those over you, those equal to you, and those under you. Man, let's try doing God's word one time and see what happens. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for today. And Lord, I just thank you that everybody has has willfully suffered through the heat today. Lord, I just thank you that there are worse places that we could be. Lord, I ask for peace, and I ask for peace that passes all understanding. 
And Lord, that, that doesn't just come. Lord, your word says if we will trust and depend on you, then you will give us the peace. Lord, we need to learn to trust in the middle of the storm. It's easy to trust when the, when the waves are, are, when there is no waves. But Lord, the waves come and we want to get excited and we want to take control. Lord, I ask you to help us. Help us, Lord, those that have, that have no peace right now, that have battle after battle coming at them. Lord, I just ask that you would reveal to them, give them revelation to know you can come out of this and you can come out of it smelling like a rose. I want you to know if you will turn to God, you will come out of it and you'll come out of it better than had it not happened at all. God's word is faithful all the time and God is trustworthy. You may have been brought up with a father or a mother that wasn't trustworthy. You may have a husband or a wife that isn't trustworthy. I want you to know God is trustworthy. You apply his word to your life and you are going to see mountains crumble. It says the hills melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. If there is anybody here under the sound of my voice that have never received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, would you just pray with me just like, just like I'm going to pray right here. Just say, Lord Jesus, I believe that I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And Lord Jesus, I believe that you arose after the third day and that you are now in heaven with God the Father. If you would pray that prayer, Scripture says that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, basically meaning if you will say that Jesus is Lord of your life, and if you'll believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Would you pray that today? With those that are ministering, would y'all come forward? Would everybody stand with me? I want you to know we talk every week about Jehovah Rophi. Today is the day that you need to believe, that you need to step out and say, okay, I can't handle this any longer. It's time for God to heal me. I believe just stepping out is a step of faith and that God responds to faith. You know, you can't please God without faith. Step out today and let's see him heal you. Put God's word to the test. See if God is faithful in your life. I promise you, he will be proven faithful. Thank you, Lord. He is Jehovah Rophi. He is the Lord your healer. Come forward today and be healed. Amen. Amen.